Well, good morning and a very warm welcome to our service today on the 25th of July, the 8th Sunday of Trinity. Uh, thank you for phoning in to those who are listening on the, the phone line. Uh, we're going to begin with a, a wonderful hymn. It's quite a new hymn. My heart is filled with thankfulness. It reminds us of all that the Lord Jesus has done for us. He plumbed the depths of my disgrace and gave me life again. So let's uh, join in with this hymn. My heart is filled with thankfulness.
please uh, do be seated for our first Bible reading, which is from 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 to 5. We're just going to have the, the beginning of the letter read as we come to the end of the letter, uh, just to sort of top and tail uh, things. So it's 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 to 5. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we've seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life, the life was made manifest, and we have seen it, and testified to it, and proclaimed to you the eternal life, which was with the Father, and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed our fellowship is with the Father, and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things, so that our joy may be complete. This is the message we've heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, a reminder again from that reading that God is light. He is totally pure. He is holy. And so we need to begin by saying sorry to him for the times we've not lived his way. And we're going to do that using the words of the Confession on page 102 of the prayer book. So together we pray, Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault, by what we have done and by what we have failed to do. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past, and grant that we may serve you in newness of life, to the glory of your name. Amen. Well, as you're aware, I'm sure John continues in his letter that if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to purify us from all unrighteousness. And so I can pray with confidence. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy on us, pardon and deliver us from all our sins, confirm and strengthen us in all goodness, and keep us in eternal life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, open our lips. And our mouth will proclaim your praise. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be forever. Amen. Praise the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Well, we're going to declare God's praise by joining together in the words of the Creed. So let us affirm our faith together. Together we say, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. 
Well, please do be seated for our second Bible reading, which comes at the end of uh, this letter, 1 John, 1 John chapter 5 and verses 13 to 21. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. And this is the confidence that we have towards him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of him. If anyone sees his brother committing a sin not leading to death, he shall ask, and God will give him life to those who commit sins that do not lead to death. There is a sin that there is sin that leads to death. I do not say that one should pray for that. All wrongdoing is sin, but there is sin that does not lead to death. We know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning, but he who was born of God protects him, and the evil one does not touch him. We know that we are from God, and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding, so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true, in his Son Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, let's uh, pray as we look at God's word together. Loving Father, thank you that John has written this letter for us so that we might have life. And we pray you'd speak to us this morning and reassure us of the life that you give us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this week has been uh, roasting, hasn't it? And the staff at Cafe Mana in Cavan Town couldn't believe it when their boss, Eilish, told them not to come into work because she had organised a day out to Rosnaula for them. When they first heard about it, they must have thought she was codding them. Then they probably hoped it was true, but once they were on the road to Rosnaula, they were fairly sure it was true. And when they felt the sand between their toes and smelt the sea and heard the waves breaking, they knew it was true. There's a huge difference between hoping something and knowing something. Hopes can be dashed and disappointed, but when you know something, it is certain. It's better than a hope. You may, ha- you may hope uh, to have an ice cream later today, but it's not until you have it in your hand that you know that you have it. Knowing is better than hoping. What about eternal life? Is that something that you hope for or something that you know that you have? Is it possible to know that you have eternal life? It would be great to know, wouldn't it? We we do all sorts of things to try and prolong our lives, take vitamin supplements, exercise, eat healthily, even get vaccinations. But what about if we could know that we will live forever? That would give us some peace, wouldn't it? Some security, some joy. What do you think about those who, who claim to know that they do have eternal life? Would you think that they are deluded or maybe a bit arrogant? Do they think that they're better than everyone else? Are they really that good? Of course, it would be arrogant if we thought it all depended on us. But look what John tells us in 5 verse 13, chapter 5 verse 13. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. 
John has written this letter so that his readers may know that they have eternal life. The aged apostle who walked with Jesus says it is possible to know that you have eternal life. It's a great thing to know it. And you don't have to be deluded or arrogant to know it. Look who has this eternal life. Look again at chapter 5 verse 13. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. It's those who believe in the name of the Son of God, in Jesus Christ. You don't have to be deluded to believe in him. He really came in the flesh and walked on this earth. And as we saw last week, he came by water. Remember that public declaration by God at his baptism? And by the blood, the public declaration by God at the cross. As darkness came over the whole land, as as God's judgment fell on Jesus instead of us, as the curtain in the temple was ripped in two from top to bottom, a sign from God that the way to him was now open. Uh, No, you don't need to be deluded to believe in him. And it's actually not arrogant to say that you have eternal life because it's not based on our performance, but on the performance of Jesus Christ. Remember, as we saw last week, we keep looking at him, not within. So who is it then that can know they have eternal life? Well, do you see what verse 13 says? It's it's to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. Whoever believes in the name of the Son of God. What does that mean? Well, belief starts in the mind, but then it is worked out in our lives. To believe in the name of the Son of God means to believe that Jesus is the beloved Son of God who loved you so much that he died for you. And then that belief is worked out in our lives by us acting on that belief and repenting of our rebellion against him, saying sorry for all the times that we've lived as if we were in charge of the place, receiving his forgiveness and then submitting to him as Lord day by day, seeking to go his way. That's what it means to believe in the name of the Son of God. And God wants to encourage you that if you do this, you will know that you have eternal life. This is more like standing on the beach and feeling the sand between your toes than being phoned by the boss to tell you that you're going there. You don't just hope it's true, you know that it is. Do you see what God's word doesn't say? It doesn't say, if you believe in Jesus, you you will hope that you have eternal life. It says, to those who believe in the name of the Son of God, you may know that you have eternal life. It's It's a knowing, not a hoping. And eternal life is not just something for the future. It is something that we can know now. It is knowing the eternal God and having a lifetime of fellowship with him. And if we know the eternal God, we can talk to him as children of a heavenly father. In fact, it's another sign that we have eternal life if we do talk to him in prayer. Do you see verse 14? And this is the confidence that we have towards him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. A natural consequence of knowing God is that we talk to him. And amazingly, he hears us. I have my Irish citizenship ceremony this week via Zoom. I'm becoming an Irish citizen. But but do you think that after that I can just phone up the president and say, Ah, Michael, 
Can I have a word? Or, or phone up the tea shop and say, Ah, oh, Miho, have you got a minute? There's, there's something I'd like to talk to you about. But, citizens of God's kingdom, God's children, those who've been born of God, have something far greater. We can talk to Almighty God. The false teachers may have been claiming that they had special knowledge, a better relationship with God, but John says you can approach God confidently in prayer because you know him. And if you ask according to his will, then you can know that he hears you. And what's more, verse 15, he promises to answer. Now sometimes people misuse verses like this to say that God promises you health, wealth and prosperity and you just have to claim it. Well, thankfully, God knows what is best for us. And he will only give us what we would have asked for if we knew all that he knows. Do you see the limit that's put on prayer in verse 14? Uh, That it is according to his will. We're to ask according to his will. Prayer is not us trying to bend God's will, not trying to persuade him to do something. It's us bowing to his will trusting him and asking with confidence that he will give to us according to his good, perfect and pleasing will. And as we grow as Christians, we will get to know God better through his word and so increasingly ask for things that God will love to give us. And as we see him answering prayer, we will be encouraged more that we do know him and that because we know him, We have eternal life. Well, what sorts of things should we be praying for? Throughout this letter, we've been told time and again about the importance of loving one another, loving our church family. Part part of loving one another is to pray for one another. Uh, You might use our prayer diary. If you haven't got a copy, do ask me. It just takes us through people in our group of parishes to pray for. But... What should you pray for each other? Well, it's great, isn't it, to pray that we would grow in our knowledge of God, grow in our Christ-likeness. But look what John says we should pray for. I think this is probably not something we think of too often. Verse 16. If anyone sees his brother, that is a, a fellow believer, if anyone sees his brother committing a sin not leading to death, he shall ask and God will give him life. Uh, Well, imagine you see someone, a fellow believer, committing a sin. You see them being greedy, thinking about their own interests, or you see them losing their temper with someone. What should you do? Should you run off and tell everyone? No. Look who you should tell, verse 16. Tell God. Talk to God. Ask God for help for that person. Pray, Lord, please forgive her for her greed and give her life on the last day. Lord, please forgive him for losing his temper, and give him life on the last day. As John mentions praying for the believer who has sinned, his thoughts seem to turn to the false teachers. Maybe some of the Christians had been praying for these false teachers, praying that they would change, and their prayers didn't seem to be answered. And so they could have been wondering if God really did hear and answer their prayers. I think that's what John's speaking about when he talks about the sin that leads to death. In verse 16, he he says you should pray for sins that don't lead to death, but there is a sin that leads to death. 
I do not say that one should pray about that. Well, what is this sin that leads to death? What 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 can't it be? Remember what John's told us earlier on in one John chapter one verse nine it, that if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so, it it's possible to be forgiven for for all sin. And and chapter five verse thirteen we saw the way to life is by believing in Jesus. And so the sin that leads to death must be the sin of rejecting Jesus' death as the only way to God. For all other sin can be forgiven. But if we go on rejecting Jesus, if we don't confess our sin to him, if we don't believe in him that he's the way to life, it will not be possible to be forgiven. And remember, the false teachers were were not only rejecting Jesus' death on their behalf, but also teaching others that Jesus was not enough. John doesn't say you must not pray for them, but he certainly doesn't seem to be encouraging it. So John says if you if you haven't rejected Jesus, but you trust him, then you can know that you have eternal life. If, if you believe in him, you can know. Well, I wonder if you've done that can you can you feel the sand between your toes if you if you like can you know that you're at the beach can you know that you have eternal life and because you have eternal life you will talk to god now in prayer and when you pray in accordance with god's will he will grant your requests in the way that he knows best and that will give you confidence but john says there's more to encourage you just very briefly verse 18 we know that everyone's been who's been born of God does not keep on sinning but he who's been born of God protects him now now hang on a second you might be thinking I thought you said encourage how can it be encouraging to be told if I'm born of God I will not sin I do sin so how can I know that I'm born of God well it's a bit like we saw earlier on with chapter 3 verse 6 it cannot mean that it's possible for a Christian to live with no sin Since we saw at the beginning of the letter, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth's not in us. John must again be talking about the sin that leads to death. That is the sin of the false teachers, the sin of rejecting the apostles' teaching about Jesus' death for us. And notice why John says the Christian will not commit that sin. Wonderfully, verse 18 says, He who was born of God protects him. He who was born of God here is Jesus. John is talking about the one true Son of God, the eternally begotten of the Father. He protects Christians. He keeps us safe. He is the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. He will not lose one of his sheep. He protects us so that we are safe from the evil one and we can know that we have eternal life. John ends this letter with two further encouragements that we know we're from God and that we know what's true because Jesus has given us understanding. Well, as we close, there is a huge difference between hoping for something and knowing something. God wants us to know that we can know we have eternal life. God wants us to know that we have eternal life. It's something that starts now. 
He reassures us that if we believe in his Son, we have eternal life. He will keep us. What peace and joy and security that gives us, whatever we're facing. What is there for us to do then? Do you notice the, the strange ending to the letter in verse 21? Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Why does John suddenly mention idols? Well, part of the way God keeps us is by warning us to stick with him. And anything that squeezes God out of the central position in our lives, including false teaching about Jesus, must not be allowed. We must keep ourselves from looking anywhere but Jesus. For without him, we do not have life. But with him, we may know that we have eternal life and we will keep going. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much that you want us to know that we have eternal life. Please keep us believing in your Son, the Lord Jesus. Keep us from turning to anything that might distract us from him. And may we know that we have eternal life because we believe in the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus. And it's in his name we ask. Amen. Well, let's continue in prayer and we'll begin with the, the Lord's Prayer as we pray with confidence to God our Father. So together we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We continue in prayer. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, who has graciously opened for us sinners a way into your presence, we come to you grateful for your favour and mercy. We thank you for all the gifts of your love, but especially for your unspeakable gift of Jesus Christ. On this Sunday, may we have such a revealing of your love as shall flood our hearts. Unveil the cross to us, and may we see your heart with its marvellous love for a lost world. May your word have new meaning for us today as we read it or listen to it. May our minds be opened to understand it, and may your spirit guide us into the truth. May this be to us a day for the strengthening of our faith, for the deepening of our love, May it be a day also for much blessing in our own souls. Bless us by showing us our faults, our secret sins, the things in us that are not beautiful and holy. We desire to find them. Search us, O God, and know our hearts. Try us and know our thoughts, and see if there is any wicked way in us, and then lead us in the everlasting way. We want to part with our sins and faults. We do not want to keep them. Fill us with your love, that wherever we go we may carry healing for sick souls or for wounded hearts. Help us to be comforters of those who are in sorrow and encouragers of those who are disheartened. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, whilst we want to thank you for the good weather we've continued to enjoy, the week has been overshadowed by some tragic losses. We pray for safety in the week ahead and pray for your comfort for those grieving. We pray especially for the family and friends of Killian Casey. 
of Natasha Kaur, of Michael Hoey, and of Brendan Oak Duffy, and others who've lost loved ones in sudden or shocking ways recently. It is so hard to lose a loved one at any age, but when they're young, with their whole life ahead of them, it's even harder. We pray that you'd be near to those grieving and help them as they try and pick up the pieces of their shattered lives. Please may they look to you and find your grace to be sufficient and your peace that passes understanding. May guard their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. We also continue to pray for the family and friends of Reverend Tom Conway and those whose anniversaries have been recently remembered. In a moment of quiet, any we know who are grieving at this time. May you quiet their hearts and comfort them. Give them your peace. Bless the broken home circles. May the memories of the vanished lives stay in their hearts as holy blessings. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We also pray for those who are unwell or recovering from surgery or suffering in any other way. We remember Leon Briardy, Stephen Doggett, Elizabeth Hudson, Olive Simmons, and in a moment of quiet, any others known personally to us. Lord, you promised your people, fear not, for I am with you. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. May each person suffering know you with them, we pray for your healing for those who are unwell and your grace to be sufficient for each one. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And the collect for this Sunday. Blessed are you, O Lord, and blessed are those who observe and keep your law. Help us to seek you with our whole heart, to delight in your commandments and to walk in the glorious liberty given us by your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. And we close our prayers by joining together in the fourth collect for morning prayer, as together we pray, Heavenly Father, in whom we live and move and have our being, we humbly pray that your Holy Spirit may so guide and govern us, that in all the cares and occupations of our daily life, we may never forget your presence, but may remember that we are always walking in your sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, if you'd like to look up there, we have a few announcements before our final hymn. Uh, we're meeting this Wednesday at 8.30 for a Bible study in the Rectory Garden, and you're very welcome to join us for that. Um, I'm then away on holiday from this Saturday, uh, the 31st of July until the 21st of August, but Dahi will be here taking the services. During that time, we'll also be putting up the phone service, um, and if you need pastoral support during this time, please do contact Dahi or Canon Mark um, and uh, they'll be able to help you. In Touch we'll be meeting again at the end of August on the 26th of August at 3.30pm and we'll be having a, a goodbye drive-in service uh, on the 29th of August. Um, that's the Sunday, the 29th of August, uh, probably at 11am and probably at Kilota Church. We're just, we're just finalising that now. Well, our final hymn reminds us of the, the confidence that we have, that we can know, uh, that we can know God with us. We can know eternal life. This song says, how firm a foundation. Mm -hmm. 
Thy firm a foundation, ye saints of the Lord, is laid for your faith in his excellent word. What more can he say than to you he hath said, to you who for refuge to Jesus have fled? dismayed, for I am thy God and will still give thee aid. I'll strengthen thee, help thee, and cause thee to stand, upheld by my righteous omnipotent hand. I call thee to go, the rivers of sorrow shall not overflow, for I will be with thee thy troubles to bless, and sanctify to thee thy deepest distress. When through fiery trials thy pathways shall lie, my grace all sufficient shall be thy supply. The flame shall not hurt thee, I only design thy dross to consume and thy gold to refine. soul that on Jesus has leaned for repose, I will not, I will not desert to its foes. That soul, though all hell should endeavour to shake, I'll never, no, never, no, never forsake. That soul, though all hell should endeavour to shake, I'll never, no, never, no, never forsake. Well, do remember that we can know that we have eternal life if we believe in the name of the Lord Jesus, if we trust in him. So please leave this morning with confidence in him if you believe in the Lord Jesus that you have eternal life it's a wonderful thing to know and let's close our time this morning with the words of the grace together we pray the grace of our lord jesus christ and the love of god and the fellowship of the holy spirit be with us all evermore amen